Okay, why don't you count us down? In five, four, three, two, one, record. Broadcasting from the Stolen Droids Hangout and discussing everything that has been taking place in the geek world over the past 168 hours, well, give or take, it's the Stolen Droids Podcast. Greetings, welcome to episode 224 of the Stolen Droids Podcast. I'm Schmitty. And I'm Zoner. and you may notice that this is like SD Files. We got nobody else. It's just you and me, Schmitty. Zookless, conless, spineless. Yeah, spineless, <laughs> constitutionalless, <laughs> constitutionless, maybe that's it. Because yeah, you were just equating to me. To me being not a midget, which made no sense to me at the time, and it makes even less sense to you guys as you listen now. Um, yeah, Zook is currently in Los Angeles. Uh, I think hookers and blow. I don't know. Um, Whatever he's into. I mean, took I, a picture of a big donut. So I don't know. He's. I'm not one to judge. So yeah, what happens in L.A. stays in L.A. because usually nobody leaves because you die because uh, of smog. Or traffic, one of the two. Uh, and Colin, I think he's just stuck in the dark tonight. I think he's still alive. Um, but I think he's sitting in the dark and hates us for some reason or another. <laughs> so he survived the server fire, but it took out the electricity in his building, and now he can't find the light switch. That makes sense. I don't know. Whatever. That makes sense. So, yeah, <laughs> whatever. We'll roll with it. But, yeah. So, Colin, we still miss you. We still like you. Please return to us safely someday. And, Zook, yeah, you too, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> One day. No, we, we want you all to come back to us safe and sound, and hopefully you can get out of that wretched, wretched place known as L.A. I really don't like Los Angeles at all, Schmitty. It's just not a pleasant place for me. I have nothing against it. But then again, I haven't gone there a lot. Usually when I go to... L.A., it's, I, I stick around the Fountain Valley area. That's where I have family. So very okay. nice area. And when I go to SoCal, it's usually the Disneyland area, which, you know. Not very. <laughs> that is the happiest place on <laughs> earth. You get, I don't know, like a block any direction of it, and I just want to scream. But Stay yeah. at, in Disneyland. They, at, should, they should build an airport in Disneyland so you never have to leave. They should, huh? Cross-country monorail. Just hooks up with the regular Disneyland monorail. <laughs> That that's what they need. Disney, get on that. Send your Imagineers working on that. Um, quick shout out to our sponsors. Who do we have? Eagle Moss Limited, forty eight fourteen dot com. Um, open book audio. Open book audio. Krypton Radio. Uh, yeah, all the people that Zook normally would say. Just insert your name here if I didn't, <laughs> and I'll, I'll give you a moment of silence where you could do that. Okay, done. Um, so, but thank you to our sponsors. We do appreciate you. And thank you to our listeners. Uh, I didn't see any feedback this week. Did you, Schmitty? No, I didn't. I kind of cried a little bit, but it's probably our fault we don't have any feedback. That generally. We either did a really good job or such a crappy job that no one listened. So, <laughs> You know, I often wonder if that's the case, that nobody is listening anymore. The numbers say otherwise, but I really wonder if they just, like, turn it on to and then walk away so that we can see that they're listening, but they're not really, so we don't feel bad. <laughs> Which, if if you are doing that, thank you for your consideration. We did, however, just barely, as you were saying that, got an email from one of our top listeners at SD Files. So we'll uh, read that on SD Files. 
Nice. Is that David? Yep. Awesome. Hey, David. Sup? <laughs> okay. Um, let's jump into some news here. This is kind of a weird situation uh, that we're recording in. We Schmitty and I were supposed to have a guest for SD Files tonight. Oh, it was about two and a half hours ago, and she had a family emergency. So we are kind of waiting to see what happens with her. Uh, maybe we'll have her on the show. Maybe we won't. But otherwise, regardless, we are recording together, which is kind of cool, except it took us like 45 minutes to get our mixer figured out. But yeah, that's because Colin and Zook aren't here to tell us what to do. Push this button, monkey. And we still don't have a setup correctly, but oh well. But hey, if if we're recording and we get a show out on Monday, then really, we've done the best we can, and therefore we are awesome. So, okay, let's see here. We've got some interesting news this week uh, regarding hacking stuff, which, you know, you stop and you think about hacking, and we talk about it every now and then, but we have some cool stuff. You may recall... Uh, over the, what was it, about a year ago, I think, uh, we talked about some different different viruses that had gotten out, uh, basically some malware and, like, taking country, country stuff down, like South Korea and Saudi Arabia and, and things like that. Well, the company that makes that is called the Hacking Team. And um, they are basically known for the... Da Vinci software that allows governments and law enforcement agencies to monitor encrypted communications like email and Skype. And it also collects evidence on citizens, which, yeah, it's not a very popular piece of software. I actually think I was confusing this with the Stuxnet for a moment, so I apologize. <laughs> um, but that's what happens when you can't get a mixer working and who, you get frustrated. Who knows they're, they're not related. They, they may be. I don't, <laughs> I don't remember. I think Stuxnet was, uh, developed by someone outside of the U S that, that may but. be right, but it was the U S who took down Iran with it, which yeah. USA, USA, <laughs> America, Mer- go America. All right. But so they actually had a hack, which, you know, when you, are arrogant enough to call your enterprise the ha- or your your company the hacking team uh you better be pretty good at not getting hacked cuz <laughs> one would think that you know exactly what you're doing in that realm but yeah they got hacked it's and like a, it's like a lifeguard drowning <laughs> it it really is it really is but some of the data that got taken uh includes emails customer information internal documents and source code, which, you know, the source code, all the other stuff is, is bad enough, but you throw source code in for the stuff that they do. That's not a good sign there. And this actually puts the agencies and governments that use a software at risk, because if the source code contains vulnerabilities, uh, then they're kind of screwed because people can exploit those vulnerabilities then. And so, yeah, I think that this is kind of, Kind of crazy. Um, they've also gotten busted here because they told the the UN that they weren't dealing with Sudan. But there's invoices uh, among the leaked documents that say otherwise. So, yeah, this is this is kind of a big deal. It's kind of fun for us because we're not involved. But um, I'm sure that we are being monitored because that's... <laughs> That's what I think. Yeah. I mean, so in the end, though, I think we could be indirectly involved just because of the the nature of of the software that they 
created. So exactly, and you know, who's to say that they're not going to go and turn that against us? Which, if the government already hasn't done that, you know, it's only a matter of time. Yeah, it's inevitable. It, it really <laughs> is. And then the machines will rise up, and Judgment Day will take us all down. Now, while we're talking about um, hacking, uh, we've talked a couple times over the last month or two about a government hack that happened. It was a HR hack, um, the Office of Personnel Management. And I think it was about a year ago that this first happened. And at the time, uh, the government said that the records of 4.2 million current and former federal employees have been con- compromised. So they did a little bit of looking into things and investigations from, I'm guessing, news people and maybe some third party individuals uh, that were brought in specifically for this said that, well, it was about 19.7 million. (laughs) And that was just people who had applications for security clearances and their social security numbers and other personal information was stolen. And then another 1.8 million relatives had stuff taken as well. And yeah, that also includes uh, 3.6 million of their current and former government employees for a total of more than 22 million people. So that's a big deal. That's like five times more, almost six times more than they originally reported. Now, do you think, Schmitty, that they were that they were incorrect on that number. And I use the term very um, loosely, the term incorrect. Were they purposefully hiding how big this was? Or do you think that they just really did not know the extent? I, I think at first they really didn't know the extent. Um, not not because I want to give them the benefit of the doubt, but because at, at the time of the breach, um, they probably only had a small scope of, of of what the what the hack entailed, and so they they probably just assumed that it only included people that were were uh, directly employed during that time. Um, so I mean, I mean, we we we've both worked in IT. We know how troubleshooting works, and you kind of assume right up front what what you think the issue might be, but then the more you dive into it, you think, oh, it's actually worse than we thought. I think this is one of those situations. Well, you know, it's interesting because the OPM um, issued a statement earlier today saying, quote, throughout this investigation, OPM has been committed to providing information in a timely, transparent and accurate manner. So, I mean, they are saying that they're trying to, but it is a government organization. So them saying that tells me, you know, that's that's what they're supposed to say. But I mean, this this attack started in late 2013, and it went on for like a year, where hackers had access to government databases, which is unnerving at best, and absolutely horrific, with dire like national security consequences at worst. I mean, this could be a this could be a very very big issue. Yeah, and just to kind of give you an idea of. How many people this was? I mean, yeah, 22 million, more than 22 million. But uh, so you have an idea. Uh, They said, quote, if an individual underwent a background investigation through OPM in 2000 or afterwards, it is highly likely that the individual is impacted by this cyber breach. And so, I mean, you've got 15 years worth of data. Yeah. And that's that's not just employees. That's anyone that that 
were per, uh, potential employees, uh, anyone that they were investigating uh, for any reason. I don't know all the different reasons they investigate someone, but um, that's a lot of people. I mean, you or I could be included in that. We have no idea. I'm pretty sure that I am. <laughs> well, not only because I have a history of having my data compromised by, I don't know, Target, Home Depot, uh, that Blue Cross one. I mean, there's there's a lot. But uh, I was a government employee. I had security clearance. Oh, yeah. There you go. And it so, was after 2000. And it was after 2000. <laughs> and so I am fairly certain that I will be impacted by this at some in some way. And I have yet to hear from the government saying they're giving me a year of free credit monitoring, which kind of concerns me because I think my last, I, I think I'm in my last few months of my credit monitoring from my last breach that I was a victim of. Yeah, you oh, be- but wait, I still need to sign up for my Anthem Blue Cross credit monitoring. <laughs> there so. <you> go. <laughs> so I think I'm good for a while. Why am I a freaking magnet for this stuff? <laughs> I don't know. They're, I think they're on to you. Yeah. They're just like maybe it's because I keep using the same password on every, on every um, like credit card and everything else. So it's just easy. One two they, three four. Yeah, five. Oh, one two three four five. <laughs> you increase the security. I, I do. <laughs> I I tried to make it um, so it wasn't stupid easy. It just yeah. went with easy. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, if you are. If you fall into that, though, the uh, background investigation uh, in the last 15 years, you may want to, I don't know, get get some sort of credit protection or identity theft protection going on in your life because chances are some Russian has it or maybe a Chinese, I don't know, or Chinese-Russian who sold it to a Saudi <laughs> who then sold it to a Ukrainian. <laughs> and more hacking news. We got a lot of hacking news. Is this what happens when I run the show? We just get all sorts of cybersecurity threat news and, Apparently. and <laughs> pop culture geek crap. Um, now, this is an interesting, a, a very interesting story to me. And it's not getting a lot of run, which kind of surprises me. Although it, it did get mentioned over in the UK. Now, earlier this week, um, Wall Street... Uh, New York Stock Exchange was shut down for what, like four hours or something. It was a technical glitch. Due to a, quote, technical glitch, which is interesting. There was a lot of technical glitches that day. Uh, Washington, D.C., I think, lost power for a large amount of time. I think it was United Airlines had a, quote, router issue that grounded every one of their planes. (laughs) I mean, Break out the new N six hundred from Belkin or something, man. If your router's going down, you gotta <laughs> just swap it out and you're good to go. I imagine they use something a little more beefy than an N six hundred. Probably. I'm, I'm just guessing. Uh, but yeah, so the New York Stock Exchange went down for for quite a few hours, and interestingly enough, the night before. Anonymous sent out a tweet that said, "Quote: Wonder if tomorrow is going to be bad for Wall Street." And then they went on to say, we can only hope. So they obviously got either very lucky in their timing of that tweet. They had inside information that something was going to happen. Or they were behind it. Or they were behind it. (laughs) Yeah. Now, uh, what are your thoughts on this, Schmitty? Is this... Are you buying that they had responsibility for this, or you think they got lucky? Or 
I'm in two camps on this thought. I, I with the history of anonymous, I wouldn't put it past them to be able to do something like this, or that you know they, you know that I think they're daring enough to to do almost anything at this point. But on the other hand, I think you know it's a New York Stock Exchange. The chance of someone hacking them um, is is pretty slim. I think I don't know exactly what their security you would is hope. like. Yeah, I mean it's it's. It's the single most entity keeping our economy alive today. So that's even as phony as it is. As phony as it is, yeah. I mean, if if the New York Stock Exchange were to disappear completely, most of our Fortune 500 companies are gone. I mean, that's the backbone behind most of our our high end companies. Um, Sorry, rough. We're talking finance, <laughs> and I. I mean, not that I know a lot about finance, but I mean, that, but New York Stock Exchange should be one of those that's, and I'm saying should, uh, should be one of those entities that has a high security, uh, you know, probably along the lines of Pentagon or NSA um, or OPM. <laughs> 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 just, just throw it out there. But I mean, on this, you know, like I said before, I wouldn't put it past Anonymous to be able to do something like this uh, or, you know, yeah. So. Well, the interesting thing on this, I I think that they did it. I really think they did. I don't think that they got lucky enough to tweet something out the night before, and then all of a sudden a quote technical glitch happens. I mean, Department of Homeland Security looked into it, and said quote there were no signs of malicious activity at this time. At this time, now in a year, <laughs> that's probably going to be changed. To, oh, yeah, somebody got in and did this and this and this. But I think that they're going to keep that from the American people. Yeah. I, I don't think that they – I think that that will shake confidence in the system. So they're going to suppress that information. And they may actually be suppressing it now. Yeah. that That's my thinking. They, they may be suppressing it at this point because, I mean, you look at what happened over in China today or yesterday. I think I saw something. They lost like 30% of their economy in just a few hours, their, their whole, their whole system crashed. And I don't know the details. I'm not going to pretend to know the details, but I did hear something along those lines. And if the U S is looking at that and saying, well, it happened there, what's to prevent it from happening here, happening here. If we get some, some bad information, uh, I, so yeah, I think that, I think that anonymous did this and the tweet kind of gives it away, but also I don't think that, the system is as secure as we would think because, well, look at Office of Personnel Management. Yeah. 22 million people lost all their information. So, I mean, that's the government. You would hope it's secure, but, I mean, obviously it's not. So, you know, now that I think about it a little bit more, um, you know, I mentioned if, if something happens, something drastic happens to the New York Stock Exchange, a lot of companies would, uh, I mean, we would notice. Uh, so I, in in that line of thought, if there actually was a hack uh, where data was compromised or trades were compromised, we'd probably hear about it through other means. You know, a big companies saying something. Um, so it, even so, if in that line of thinking, if anonymous were involved, and it were due to this, you know, it, they caused this technical glitch. It's, it was probably just something as benign as a, you know, causing a UPS to blow or something or. Something benign, you know. But how do you explain the? And maybe this is just me being conspiracy, dude. 
But how do you explain the ha- the the tweet about the, that Anonymous put out the day before? Well, no, that's what I'm saying. Like maybe they were planning a hack, and I'm putting up air quotes, um, but it wasn't necessarily a data breach, a, a hack into the servers. Maybe oh, they were hacking. May- okay, I got you. So maybe th- system or maybe something. they just did something that would cause the glitch. Yeah. Okay, I got you. I got you. That makes sense. Little they lit a lighter and, and made the fire alarm go off, and then the sprinklers shorted something i don't know which is which would be almost more scary if they could get physical access like that yeah that's that's almost more disturbing so okay and while we're talking about disturbing things here um we've got and i don't know that i get this one i wish zook was here to talk about this one a little bit more but we've got uh bitcoin uh some of the bitcoin miners are generating invalid blocks and we keep getting updates. This is this is something that just keeps going on and on and on. But basically, your Bitcoins are safe if you got them in a transaction that was confirmed before July 6th. Um, and apparently, this is still going on. What happened is uh, some Bitcoin miners were generating invalid blocks and... Yeah, so I guess they're they're churning out fake bitcoins or invalid bitcoins. Is that am I reading this right? Yeah, yeah. So there are, um, and this is one sign that uh, cryptocurrency probably won't last very long. But they, you know, just like software, you have different versions of of software that come out, right? You have um, Windows. You know, you have Windows Seven, then you need to upgrade to Windows Eight for the more security or whatnot. Um, Bitcoin also has its own versioning. The last version that we were on was 0.9.4. And with each version, they have a new algorithm for hashing. And that's how they, uh, that's basically how a Bitcoin is determined is by its hash. Uh, And that's what miners do. The Bitcoin miners spend all this CPU, uh, these CPU cycles to, compute the next hash in in the line and that's how you get bitcoin that's how you mine bitcoins well with their update to 0.9.5 they have a new hashing algorithm um and so somehow uh by maybe fault of the distribution system of of the software the hash algorithm how am i i just lost my train of thought the the algorithm that that generates the hash wasn't updated to all the all the servers or all the all the wallets basically um and long story short if you're still on the old version trying to create bitcoins that are meant to go into the newer version wallets then they're invalid so that's the long and short of it (laughs) i need a bitcoin miner so that i can just start churning out my own bitcoins Good luck with that. <laughs> that's uh, that's what I think I need. I... Early on, bitcoins were really easy to mine. You could you could easily mine one or two bitcoins a month with just one computer. Uh, sometimes shorter than that if you had a if you had a really beefy computer. But now, if you just have one computer churning on it, it'll take months and months to generate just one bitcoin. That's why people gener- uh, build bitcoin farms with hundreds of CPUs, just trying to churn out the next bitcoin. So it's not really lucrative anymore. I'm just looking here. We're we're in my office, trying to think how many computers we have. (laughs) (laughs) We we need to make this happen tonight, Schmitty. Let's do it. 
Into into some news that I understand a little bit better than Bitcoins. Yeah, I admit it. I'm not a Bitcoin guru. Um, Apple. Now, we've talked a lot about Apple. Are you an Apple guru? I'm an Apple guru. <laughs> no, I'm not an Apple guru. Um, but I do understand what a plunge of 90% in your sales means. And that's not a good thing generally. What does it mean? Does it mean your BlackBerry? Ooh. Or in this case, <laughs> it means your Apple. Now, Apple has been on a roll. They've done some pretty cool stuff. Came out with the iPad. Came out, or excuse me, the iPod. Came out with the iPhone. Came out with the iPad. Had a few missteps along the way. Apple Maps. Um, antenna issues. Holding it wrong. I mean, they, they, have, they have not been flawless over the last decade or so. But the Apple Watch is not really doing as well as they had hoped. Uh, sales were initially pretty high. I think we talked about uh, some delays that they were seeing a few months ago, that it was going to be pushed back because they didn't have enough hardware, or maybe they just canceled the orders because it... <laughs> I think they, they had to switch uh, manufacturer or factories for a little bit. Something like that. I don't know. But yeah, they have they have kind of taken a hit. And it looks like um, there, there's a company called Slice, which collects and aggregates data based on what you're buying. And so it has a pretty good idea of what, what smartphone equipped consumers are purchasing. And they say that based on the data they're seeing, Apple Watch sales fell significantly after the initial rush, actually more than 90% from the peak. And most days, Apple's moving under 20,000 Apple Watches, which is very low volume for an Apple product. And in recent days, it's even dropped to below 10,000. Uh, they say that overall sales are probably in the neighborhood of 1.5 million watches. That's crazy. <laughs> that is that is bad. You know, I would attribute most of it. I think the first peak was due to, you know, the the whole hype that it's an Apple product and the newness of it. Yeah, and everyone wants to go get it because it's the new Apple product, and that's what people do. You you go buy the new Apple product, um, and then once people realized how useless or crappy it was, they stopped buying, it. or the word stopped getting out that you know it was the new hotness, and people started getting Android Wear devices i don't know because uh, superior <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I have a co-worker that he is he, a huge apple fan and he he bought this he was one, among one of the first that got it and and i asked him earlier this week i'm like so how are you liking your apple watch and he's like oh this thing i haven't touched it in a, in a few days I'm like well what do you mean he's like well i use i, I use it to tell the time and when a no, notification comes in i look at it but then i go to my phone i don't do anything on my apple watch except for Look at the time and a notification once in a while. So even to him, it's it's almost useless. It's it's a watch. It's a, it's a watch with Bluetooth capability. <laughs> wow, wow. Now you know it, it's interesting, and we've joked a lot about the price. There's some speculation that the price may be a factor because people are about two thirds of the people are actually buying the cheapest sport variant, which starts at about three hundred fifty bucks. And then you jump up two hundred dollars to five hundred and fifty, and then you start getting into the Apple Watch Edition, which is like anywhere from ten thousand to seventeen, eighteen, twenty thousand. Um, 
I guess they've moved about 2,000 of those devices, though, which is kind of surprising. That's more than it, than I thought it would move. <laughs> that's that's stupid. Who? who? If you're dropping that kind of money on an Apple Watch, give me a call <laughs> because I need your money a lot more than you do, apparently. And, uh, yeah, this is... This is actually not just isolated to Apple, though. They're thinking that this is also just spreading across the wearables uh, because Android Wear is not faring much better, and it's been out for a year now. So I don't know. Do you think Apple's going to drop the Apple Watch? you think the wearable market is dead before it really gets going? No, I, I don't think the wearable market itself is dead because you see it picking up in, um, it, for right now, mostly like health, uh, health wearables. But Android Wear isn't going anywhere, from what I can tell. Um, and app, uh, Android Wear users are generally happy with, with their purchase, uh, as opposed to you know what I've seen with Apple Watch users. So I, I think Apple might, uh, instead of giving up, they'll probably have a version 2, version 3. They'll keep trying at it until they, until they get it right. I don't know if they'll learn from their mistakes or if... Um, They'll, if they'll keep making the same mistakes, but either way, I don't think they'll give up. I I kind of have a hard time seeing them give up as well. It'll be interesting to see what happens though if they're able to go as mainstream and and everything as as they're hoping to go. And I, that goes for Android as well. Now the Apple Watch, I think it may be too soon to say it's a flop, but the Kindle Fire Phone. <laughs> That is a flop. And we've talked about price cuts of that device before. We've talked about some of its flaws before. Amazon, I think, is is aware of these issues. And they have cut the price again. You can now get it for $160. And while that's not necessarily giving it away, it does come with a year's access to Amazon Prime, which is about a hundred buck value on its own. So you're getting the phone for like sixty dollars. Yeah, and who doesn't like Amazon Prime? <laughs> exactly, and that is cheap for a cell phone. Yeah, I mean, granted, it doesn't have access to Google Play stuff. If you hack it, maybe. It but does. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm wondering. Throw throw Cyanogen on it and um, see but what happens. Have the cool, cool features of the fire phone i tried i couldn't say that without yeah, yeah you can't even say that with a straight face the cool features oh what cool features i can talk on the phone um well you know they got that the 3d effect to it where it watches your face so you it knows where you're it's more gimmicky than useful but uh, uh yeah as unfortunately so many things are nowadays just more gimmicky than useful um so yeah, the Fire Phone, if you're interested in that, um, go for it. Now's a great time to pick it up. Although if you wait another month, maybe they'll drop the price on it again. Who knows? Because I don't see it going anywhere. Maybe they'll drop it to $100 and then it will be free. <laughs> you think in like in like 30 years, we're going to be hearing rumors of how Amazon took a warehouse full of Fire Phones and dumped them in a landfill in New Mexico. <laughs> and somebody's going to be out there making a movie trying to uncover these. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You know, if, if they raise, if they lower the price to a hundred dollars, people who are Amazon Prime users will be like, "Oh, I'm used to spending a hundred bucks a year on Amazon Prime. I'll I'll pick up one of these phones for free." Just 
<laughs> that's awesome. Because see, I, I use my old phones. I don't, I don't turn in my old phones when I get upgrade, and they become toys for the kids. And so there's a new free toy for my kids. So right. yeah, that's that's kind of how I am as well. Um, now, as far as something that's not a flop, um, Chromecast. You're a big fan of Chromecast, Schmitty. Yeah, I um, Chromecast. One of the one of the things, and I've I, I've never used a Chromecast, but I've used the Roku streaming stick. And one of the big complaints that I've heard with that is, what if you have crappy Wi-Fi? You know, you're putting it behind a TV. The TV interferes with the Wi-Fi. Just not a cool thing. Well, Chromecast now is getting Ethernet capability. Google Chrome or the Google um, Store put an Ethernet adapter up on up on their site the other day and quickly it was gone now i don't know if that's because they took it down because they weren't ready to release it and it was a mistake or because it sold out because everybody's saying hey i'm sick of crappy wi-fi um but yeah that's that's pretty cool yeah it's, it it looks really cool too i mean it, it plugs into your wall socket the the same um uh the same part of the adapter that plugs into the wall also has your ethernet um, adapter on it and then you plug it into your Chromecast and you have Ethernet and you know an- another problem that this solves which which has gotten better is uh, um, one of the complexities of the Chromecast was connecting it to your Wi-Fi uh, that was one of the, the biggest stumbling blocks with new users is connecting it to your Wi-Fi so once you can just plug it in and it's ready to go that decreases the complexity like 20 fold so now more people are probably more apt to get this. Yeah, I think so. You know, it's kind of interesting because you look at different products over the years, and regardless of how cool they are, if you have a steep learning curve with it, um, I'll throw Tasker, the Android app out there. Oh, yeah. Steep learning curve, very cool product, but if there's a steep learning curve, people are going to take it back. You're you're not going to get paid, and people people don't have the patience for that anymore. Yeah. Um, well, especially con- since the Google play return policy is 15 minutes. You can't learn tasker in 15 minutes. <laughs> no, no, you can't, you can't. Um, but you know, configuring Wi-Fi on a little device like a Chromecast, if that proves challenging for grandma, she's either going to throw it in a drawer and never think about it again, or she's going to take it back. Yep. And so the plug and play stuff, I mean, as far as connecting it to your home network, that is just awesome. I'm happy, happy, happy to see that. And I don't even use a Chromecast, but I know how irritating it can be because I have used Roku streaming sticks, as I said. Now, this this is a piece of news here that I am very almost confused by. Logitech has been a player in the tech industry for decades are they decades yet? Uh, yeah, uh, all, more than twenty years, I would say. Uh, PC peripherals, for the most part, mice, yeah. keyboards, I, headsets. I am a huge fan. Of, well, I over the years I have been a huge fan of Logitech. I'm not as much now uh, because they've had quite a few misses over the years. But um, I use a keyboard and mouse at home and at work that are both Logitech branded. They are actually going away from the Logitech brand. And this, you know, you don't really expect big names to change their name. Right. At least in, not unless they get bought out. Like when Palm 
was bought out by HP, you didn't have Palm anymore. You just had HP and, you know, things like that. But Logitech has changed their name. They are now going by the brand name of Logi. Or Logi, 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 Logi. So, I mean, I, I, I'm guessing it's, it's Logi, maybe Logi. But but Logi makes more sense, and I think that's probably what people are going to call him. Logitech? I still like Logie, though. <laughs> yeah, Logie. Um, but they are rebranding themselves. Uh, but the weird thing about this, they aren't doing completely away with the Logitech name. They actually came out with a new Logitech logo. Uh, and so um, I, I'm not quite sure what they're doing here. I do have some thoughts i do have some um well yeah they do say that they have um they wanted to branch out into into different kinds of hardware and so my thought is that you know everything that they have now all the pc peripherals that they have up to this point are going to still be under the logitech brand with the new logo uh then everything else will be under the the lugi brand so do you think that they are going to eventually do away with the Logitech brand altogether because I think that's what they're going for here. Uh, they're also they also say they want to uh, do more of lifestyle type products. Ooh, yeah. So I think maybe we'll see a lot of rainbow colored things, perhaps. <laughs> maybe. Um, well, and you know, with the with the word tech, uh, maybe they'll keep the Logitech for all the tech related items. That could be, and then more of the lifestyle stuff, whatever that means. They put the Logi. But you look at at like the Harmony, what is it? The Harmony, not the Harmony One, the Harmony Ultimate. Mm-hmm. It comes with the hub and it connects to all your internet of things, connects to your, your Nest thermostat. It connects to, I don't even know all the stuff it connects to, like 15 or 20 different partners they've you, got. The, yeah. Any Z-Wave item. Yeah, there's a lot of things that that connects to. I wonder if there's, going to start going more that direction where they're you know smart light bulbs and and who knows what else you know i i think we're going to start seeing a lot of internet of things type of products coming from them that's just a guess at this point yeah Um, that that could be the route because i mean a lot of companies are doing that there there are five years ago you only had one or two companies doing it now there's dozens so. Yeah, yeah, they're really are, and they're picking up like crazy. Smart home stuff is taking off like crazy. I remember a few years ago when the Nest thermostat came out. I mean, that was a big freaking deal. Yeah. Oh, I can control my thermostat from my phone. Now you can control everything from your phone. Yeah, you could, you can text message your thermostat now. You can tweet and and change your thermostat. I mean, the, the possibilities are becoming endless because the internet of things is becoming more standardized. Yes. I mean, I, personally, I love being able to log into my solar panels from my phone. That is sweet. <laughs> and see how, see how my energy production of my house is going for the day. But yeah, so Logitech, I mean, big changes there. You know, Logitech has been down for a few years uh, in terms, well, in comparison to how they have been uh, over the past few decades. I, I feel like they've kind of kind of taken one on the chin. Their products haven't been as good. They haven't been as well received. They haven't had as many products. 
And so I I hope that they're able to bounce back because I like I said I do like the Logitech brand I like their stuff they historically have a very good record and and I I hate it when a company that has a good history just flounders and yeah. and goes away so I don't know I'll, I'll always be a Logitech faithful I'll always buy their Mysa keyboards so they are good they are really good <laughs> they are good now speaking of something else that's good and again this is something that I wish we had Colin and Zook here for um. But blocking ads, a study has found, can cut network traffic by up to 40%. That's a lot. That is a lot. You know, <laughs> it's funny. We changed offices. We hired, um, trying to think, we hired an additional three or four people at the company I work with in our local office in, in Ogden, Utah. And our internet died. It just got choked. To the point where, you know, we were told, no doing this, no doing this. If you're watching a video, it better not be HD and I mean stuff like that, just so we could do our jobs to keep the internet alive. And then I see this, and so we ended up actually moving to a new office location. We needed the space, but we also, one of the key factors was, where can we get fast internet? Where can we get a lot of bandwidth? Seeing this here, up to 40% of of bandwidth is saved by installing Adblock Plus. That's half the internet traffic. <laughs> that That is almost half. And, you know, you stop and you think, and I use, I use it so I don't see a lot of the ads that are out there. But when I have to turn it off, there's ads everywhere. Yeah. It's insane. You get pop-ups. You get pop-unders. You get, I mean, banner ads on the top, sidebars. Oh my goodness! They're everywhere. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, a lot of a lot of websites um, survive solely on ad revenue, and it's uh, it's becoming more and more prevalent. And I think the main culprit is us. I mean, we as consumers, um, because of the way the internet is, we're expecting more and more things free um, or or really really cheap and and fast. And so people. Uh, Companies are giving things to us for free, but then we pay for it through ads. So we're we're seeing websites with uh, or companies with websites that have ten or twelve ads on the front page, and that's that's how we pay for it. You know, it's interesting because um, I actually even with my ad blockers running, there are a couple websites that their ads still get through. I don't know how they do it. Mm. Um, but sure. I've gotten to the point where I very rarely will even visit those sites now because yeah. <laughs> it's not just a single ad on a page. It's a pop-up. It opens a new window. Yeah. And I hate that. Those are horrible. Those those are the absolute worst. I cannot stand well, and, that. And you know, on, and this is kind of a side note and, and partially a public service announcement, uh, mainly because we have ads on our page, but we try not to bog you down with them. And I think there there are some companies out there that, that do a good job at not adding too many ads on there. And if there if there's a company or website that that you visit a lot and you like the work that they do, um help them out by disabling your ad blocker. Uh may, yeah, support them. I mean within a reasonable you know threshold. If if you if you disable your ad blocker for one website and then they start giving you 50 ads, go ahead and turn it back on. <laughs> you have my permission. But uh I there are web comics that I read that I'll keep the ad blocker off just because I want to support them that way. 
Uh, so that's, you know, within reason. Do you ever click on the ads? <laughs> Sometimes, yeah. If it, Mainly because, I mean, with with the with Google ads, you know, it knows what I like. And so I'm finding that more and more ads are relative to my interests. And so I find myself clicking on ads more often. Um, I used to have an opposition to clicking on ads just out of principle. But now that they relate to me and I understand the whole, you know, the click the pay-per-click yeah. campaigning of it, uh, I, I click on them more often. Even if I don't buy what's on the other end, I know it's helping the website out. So Maybe I should do that. I'm just kind of a jerk when it comes to that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kind of a jerk. Now, speaking of um, paying for stuff and getting monies, I'm doing some good segues here. Not very. Just joking. Um, <laughs> no, no, there are because we haven't pulled out the sausage yet. So. <laughs> oh, there it comes. Oh, I just did it. <laughs> so, anyways, Hulu is partnered with Showtime. And apparently, this integration is now live as of just a couple days ago. Uh, but, you know, and speaking of ads, that's why I actually put this story in this order because we were talking about ads. I hate the ads on Hulu. Oh, they're horrible. I despise the ads on Hulu. And I've had Hulu Plus, and you still get the ads. And if you don't have Hulu Plus, then you get the ads that are just 20 minutes longer each time. Um, we've, <laughs> we've talked of themselves. <laughs> yeah. Well, when it takes you two hours to watch a 42 minute program, that's a little ridiculous. That's wrong. That's a little ridiculous. But we've talked about that on the show before. Zook and I have both taken issue with Hulu over that. But now for an extra $9 a month, you can, you can get Showtime. With ads. Uh, with ads. So, yay ad revenue. I think this is kind of cool, though, that Showtime is doing this because, you know, HBO just came out with HBO Go that you can get through Amazon. And, um, I mean, it's standalone app. I think I think that this is a direct response to HBO doing that. Well, and we also just recently, I mean, we reported on it last week, but uh, Pluto TV is now streaming uh, Hulu shows. Does this mean that we'll see Showtime shows on Pluto TV? Uh, Ooh, that's a good question. Actually, no, I, I think I just answered my own question because uh, the shows streaming to Pluto TV are, are in the free Hulu realm. So, so since you have to pay extra for Showtime, maybe not. So never mind. Forget I ever said anything. I'm just going to sound like an idiot. <laughs> As we normally do because that's what we do on this show. Yeah. It's just idiots with microphones. That's what I tell people. Oh, you do a podcast? What do you do? I'm just an idiot with a microphone. That's all I am. <laughs> So, um, speaking of idiots, there was some interesting news that came out earlier uh, this week about Star Wars and their slate of upcoming films. There was an image that was leaked in advance of San Diego Comic-Con, which started today. Not a whole lot of news that for us to discuss yet. Hopefully, we'll have some awesome stuff on our next show. But there was an image that showed the slate, and if you've seen the Marvel slate of of movies you kind of know what it looks like it's just kind of a timeline with each movie but we've got star wars the force awakens rogue one star wars episode eight and then a kenobi solo movie star wars episode nine and then a boba fett and han solo movie and i looked at this and i thought okay that's kind of cool um i've heard that they're doing a yoda film as well don't know how that played into it looked at this thought oh i guess that 
they're not going to do it in the next six movies. This image was fake. It was not a legitimate image. Um, I don't know the source of it, but everything that I'm seeing here is showing that it is not legitimate. However, um, sometime in the next 24 hours, Star Wars will be hitting Hall H at San Diego Comic-Con. And we are going to see a lot more Star Wars news coming out, I think. And we may actually see a legitimate film slate for the next, I don't know, 10 years or whatever the case may be. Um, uh, so you'll you'll probably already know before you listen to this podcast. Yeah, and then you can scream at your at your phone or your computer that you're listening to us on, and you can say, "You guys are idiots! That was legitimate." Maybe, maybe I don't know. We'll we'll yours? find out. But um, the information that I'm seeing is saying that that was not really correct. Now, while we're on the topic of Star Wars, let's discuss Rogue One. I just mentioned it. That is going to be the movie that is set before the events of a new hope uh between episode 3 and episode f- 4 i have a tough time saying that episode 4 it's a new hope it's star wars <laughs> the first star wars the the one that wasn't as good as empire strikes back but still better than the other episode one episode iv yes <laughs> i yeah I learned Roman numerals from watching Star Wars movies. Uh, But we've got some news about um, Rogue One. And that, like I said, that takes place before the events in A New Hope. And it has to do with the group of of people who get the plans for the Death Star. Um, No, not the Bothans. That's episode, or that's Return of the Jedi. Those guys, those guys do it then. Um, and many of them died. And many, many Bothans died to bring us those. So we do appreciate their sacrifice. Uh, poor went out for your homies there, friends. But we got some news, and it's looking like Darth Vader is actually going to be one of the antagonists in this film. And I should say, spoiler warning, sorry. Uh, <laughs> but at this point, it's all rumors, so we don't know for sure. So maybe it's not a spoiler. I don't know. Um but they're saying that, that Darth Vader is going to make an appearance. Now, what kind of appearance, we don't know. Is he going to be a hologram like the Emperor was in Empire Strikes Back? Are we going to see him kicking butt and taking names? I would love to see that. Because, I mean, this is Darth Vader in his prime. <laughs> We're going to see him brooding around his Death Star. Just <laughs> force, force destroying the operating room, screaming no at the top <laughs> of his lungs. You're not following the plans. <laughs> um, now, I wonder if I wonder, though, if James Earl Jones, if they're going to be able to bring him back. Uh, now, I haven't been watching Rebels. I know you were. I don't know if you still are. But uh, watch the first season. Yeah. But he, Darth Vader was apparently recently on an episode. Yes. And voiced by James Earl Jones. And people are saying you can tell that the dude is getting old. His voice doesn't sound as awesome. He is Darth Vader. I don't know that I can have another voice be Darth Vader. I'm listening to the Tarkin audiobook and they have a different voice for Darth Vader and it's it doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't work. It's not the same. There is just something about that that's very iconic. Um and then uh, one last bit of Star Wars news. Um we've got the Han Solo movie that has been announced. Uh, it's going to be apparently a prequel 
to Han Solo and his adventures being awesome in Star Wars um, films. Uh, and it's going to be directed by the guys who directed the Lego movie. Um, Miller and Lord. Which was awesome. Which was awesome. Christopher Miller and Phil Lord. Um, now, they've done some good stuff. The Lego movie is probably among their most notable. But they have a pretty solid track record. So I'm excited for this. This is going to be this is going to be good. Yeah. And I believe that I saw that Lawrence Kasdan, who helped write Empire Raiders. Strikes Back and, and Raiders, of the, and Raiders of the Lost Ark and actually The Force Awakens, Episode 7, I mean, Imp- or Return of the Jedi. The guy is is very good at what he does. He's written some very classic, iconic movies. Uh, he's he's going to be penning that script. So That's cool. You know, the more I think about it, the more I think I'm really happy that Disney did this. I, I'm, they're, they're doing the doing the franchise well. And so, um, yeah, this is good. Now, speaking of writers, uh, we've got some rumors coming out that Ben Affleck and Jeff Johns are co-writing a standalone Batman movie for Warner Brothers. I'm okay with this. Ben Affleck has done some pretty good. I think, did, did he write, um, what was that one where they had to go to the Middle East and, and save the hostages? I, oh, that was Dark Knight Rises, wasn't it? Uh, no. <laughs> no. I don't know what you're talking about. I thought you were talking about a Batman movie. No, it was a Ben Affleck movie. Oh, okay. It was a Ben Affleck. I, I can't remember, uh, but I, I Squishy knows. Dr. Squishy would know. Yeah, I don't know. I but, got nothing. And I'm not going to go to the internet. I just remember uh, in Batman Dark Knight Rises where he goes back to the pit to, I don't know. Yeah, he does free that. the people. He does that too and to, to <laughs> heal his broken back by hanging. Yeah, because that works. The, hey, you know, it's whatever works for you. But that but, wasn't Ben Affleck. Um, Jeff Johns has, has done some TV stuff. He's done Smallville and he's done a few other things. Uh, I'm okay with this. I am actually excited for this. Uh, ben Affleck is, from what I understand, not a bad writer. He's done he's done some pretty good acting stuff, pretty good directing stuff. I think I think we could we could see a hit here. Yeah, this should turn out. And, and Batman uh, needs a standalone movie again. I I think we were expecting a standalone, uh, and then we got Batman v Superman. So I think we need one. <laughs> yeah, and while we're talking about s- superhero movie news, Marissa Tomei has been ca- uh, Marvel wants her to play Aunt May in Spider Man. You may know her from my cousin Vinny, and I don't know. She's been in a lot of stuff, which is weird to me because she doesn't look that old. But then now, I, now that I think about it, the Spider Man movie uh, is going to take place a lot earlier in the story. He's going to be in early high school or junior highish age. So I guess it does make sense that. You know, she could look younger. So. She, yeah, she's got to be in her 50s, but she's still far too attractive to be Aunt May, in my opinion. Yeah, Aunt May's always been, you know, the old... She's old, like a grandma. grandma. Yeah, grandma figure. I don't think of Marissa Tomei as a grandma figure. No, definitely not. So I don't know what I think about that, but Marissa Tomei is a good actress. She's won Academy Awards, so so that's good. Um, Matt Bomber from White Collar almost played Superman in Brett Ratner's Superman Flyby. Uh, he was apparently given the role. I think that would have been very interesting. And I'm kind of glad that that never happened because that probably would have tanked his career and we may not have had him on white collar. So true. 
Um, we got some other stuff here, but we're running out of time. So check it out in the show notes. Um, got stuff regarding Electra and Daredevil in season two. Harry Shearer is coming back to the Simpsons. Um, back to the future is getting a comic book. Mm-hmm. That's good news. Uh, that's some of the stuff that came out of, out of first day comic con, uh, Freddy Krueger and Jason Voorhees potato heads. <laughs> Do we need these? <laughs> Do we need these? Not for my kids. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure. I, I'm pretty sure that nobody under the age of ten even knows who they are. But safe bet. Yeah, pretty safe bet. And I don't know. Did I say Harry Shearer is coming back? Oh, coming back to the Simpsons. New Transformers game. That looks awesome. It does look really good. It looks and and when we say good, we don't mean fun to play or whatever. It looks good. It looks like the cartoon from the 80s. Bumblebee is a Volkswagen Beetle. So cool. <laughs> it, is, it, it looks good. Um, but quickly into our favorites here. Um, Schmitty, go ahead. I'll let you take the helm. Yeah, my favorite. Um, it's been around for a while, but just recently I think they added a new feature to it. This is uh, th- uh, the 360 video tag on YouTube. Um, and a lot more of these are popping up now where – you ha- people have specialized 360-degree cameras uh, that capture everything around them in real time or uh, at the same time. <laughs> um, and and then it projects it uh, into into the video. And previously it's, it's existed on YouTube, uh, just, you know, viewable on your, on, your, on your desktop, and you can drag around and, and view different parts of the 360-degree experience. Um, lately... Uh, they released the feature on your phone where YouTube on your phone, you can uh, basically hold your phone up, watch the YouTube video, and and then turn around and pan around where you want to see the video. Uh, and there's people skydiving, videos of people skydiving, but videos of people driving cars. Uh, there's been a number of music videos recorded in this fashion. Um, and then you can take it a step further, and uh, the YouTube app on your on Android has uh, the Google Cardboard mode built into it. So you buy a Google Cardboard for like four bucks on Amazon, pop it in your, uh, pop your phone into it, watch YouTube videos, and it's like a virtual reality headset, 360-degree YouTube view. It's really awesome. So check it out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my favorite this week uh, is a video uh, from the comedians Key and Peele. They've got a show on Comedy Central. I'm sure you're probably familiar with it. Uh, with the recent gay marriage ruling coming down from the Supreme Court, like it or love it, gay weddings are a thing we all have to deal with now. And they did a nice little video kind of illustrating some of the do's and don'ts when you go to your first gay wedding. <laughs> and it's it's freaking hilarious. I absolutely love it. My wife showed it to me, and my wife thought it was absolutely hilarious, which surprised me because it's, it's pretty. I, I think it, you could say it's controversial. It's not politically correct at all. It's controversial. There is some language. In uh, there is kid friendly. Yeah, there is a. It's probably PG thirteen. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it it's good. Uh, check it out. It, it may make your next or your first gay wedding uh, <laughs> less embarrassing. <laughs> but before we end. Uh, go ahead and send us your thoughts if you have any comments or, or thoughts or ideas regarding the show to uh, feedback at StolenDroids.com. Also, thank you to our sponsors, uh, Radio KSCR, Krypton Radio, Trek Radio, uh, Eagle Moss Limited. Uh, there's others. 4814. Um, yeah, 
Open Book Audio. Check them all out. Tell uh, tell them that Stolen Droid sent you and that you love them because of us. And yeah, that's our show for this week. So hopefully next week, Zook and Colin will both be alive and well with us. And until then, good day. Number one. This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.